things will start becoming clearer for you. Things will start becoming a little bit simpler. And when you create something, getting feedback is of the utmost importance. You have to make sure you're getting feedback from your customers, your clients, or whoever it is that you're working with. Because without that, you don't know if you have something good or not. With the law of reciprocity, so you give someone something of value, people are going to feel indebted to you and they will want to give you something back. The journey to wealth is a long walk, and some may walk quicker than others, but what good is sprinting to the finish line if you pass out when you cross it? On Walk to Wealth, we enlighten and empower young adults to build wealthy, abundant lives. They say the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, and your first step starts right now. This is Walk to Wealth with your host, John Mendez. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Walk 12 podcast. If you're tuning in on YouTube or any of the podcast directories, make sure to do yourself one teeny tiny little favor and make sure to give us a follow because I don't want you to miss out on any of the amazing episodes I got coming this year. Without further ado, let's get right into this one. We have the grand finale of this nine-part series of how I made $20,000 in an hour. I know you guys have been patiently waiting for this, especially my friend Darren. I've been creating content with him, and so... He's like, John, yo, when, when's the last episode going to you know, come out? Now, I've been procrastinating a little bit, but I'm finally getting around to it. This uh, this episode is going to be how I actually made the $20,000 an hour. I could have just started off with this episode and done one episode, but that's not as fun. And two, it's like the backstory all played out into making this happen. If one event didn't lead to another, it would have never happened the way it did. So a quick little life lesson is you don't have to be right. You just have to be directionally right, right? As long as you're heading in the wrong direction, things will start becoming clearer for you. Things will start becoming a little bit simpler. And that's what happened for me. As I said, I started off working at the Boys and Girls Club and caddying. And then from there, got a job watching dishes and then eventually unlocked, you know, my entrepreneurial spirit a little bit and got a couple other jobs along the way. But then one thing led to the next, which led to where I'm at right now. So to pick up where we left off, uh, we just soft launched this course that I didn't even have created. We spent tons of time on this webinar and then we pitched the webinar and then we got five people to enroll into a course that I didn't even create yet, which was great. And so now to pick up where we left off, after that, I was dropping weekly modules, weekly modules, and I ended up getting to around 66 lessons, if I'm not mistaken, 66 video lessons which is a whole lot of lessons, but less is more. I didn't know that right right at that moment, but I soon later realized that less is more. And the reason I realized that is when you create something, getting feedback is of the utmost importance. You have to make sure you're getting feedback from your customers, your clients, or whoever it is that you're working with, because without that, you don't know if you have something good or not. And so my whole idea was that this is going to be great. Like podcast guesting is... I want to be the best thing since sliced bread for realtors because I know how much it's helped me. And for those of you guys who don't know, I hopped on about 100 podcasts between like January and March of 2023 like for me to be interviewed. So now in this course, I was like, all right, I'm going to teach agents how to hop on podcasts so they can get interviewed and build their online presence with that. And what I didn't realize, though, is that agents weren't waking up saying that, hey, I want to hop on a podcast today. And I still remember this call. I was on a call with Marty and Marty, me and her. She's one of like the OGs in the group and me and her would always hop on calls and I would always ask for her feedback. And one day she was like, yeah, John, I think this is just too much because the course, it was like three big parts. 
The first part was, if I'm not mistaken, on like content creation and equipment. And then the second part was on storytelling. And then the third part was like on how to actually hop on podcasts and how to get booked and how to pitch people. So it was three big sections and each had a whole bunch of lessons and no one was getting through the course. And for me, I thought that, you know, this is good stuff. Like they're idiots if they don't go through it. Like this is really good stuff. But in fact, I was the idiot because I created something that I didn't even know if people wanted or not before selling it. And that's what became apparent as I started getting more and more feedback from a couple of people in the group. And then a couple more people joined along the way. We ended up getting close to nine. We had nine people enrolled in the course before I, I launched and made a 20K. But what I started doing along the way was, well, once I started realizing that that's not what the people wanted, well, then I took out two thirds of the course and only left out the content creation portion. So the part on storytelling and the part on like hopping on podcasts and pitching, those two sections I removed entirely from the course, which was like a big hit for me because I didn't spend a lot of time and energy making those slides and recording those presentations and uploading those presentations all into my Kajabi. And that took a lot of ego to put aside for me to be okay doing that. But as I said, I knew I missed the eight ball and I wanted it to be even better. Like I wanted it to be something that people can brag about. So for me, I was like, all right, I would just suck it up. Boom. Took those two parts out. Now two thirds of the course is gone. Right. Then I started rearranging a bit. And then during that same time period, we're in like April now. Right. I was, I started calling realtors. I would call them on the phone and say, hey, and I would ask them these five questions. Right. And this is something that you should do if you plan on doing, creating anything new and putting it into the market. It's before you even put something into the market like I did, I would have asked them these questions. And these are questions that I ended up asking was, what are you currently struggling with around fill in the blank? So for me is, what are you currently struggling with building your online presence, right? The second question was, what are your current fears around fill in the blank? Or do you have any fears around fill in the blank, right? Do you have any fears around, you know, creating content? Do you have any fears around Again, in front of a camera. These are some of the questions that I asked. Question number three is, what are you currently doing to right, achieve this higher result? Right? What are you currently doing to build your online presence? What are you currently doing to create content? Question number four, in an ideal world, what does it look like when you achieve that desired result? In an ideal world, what does it look like for your online presence? What does it look like for how you know your social media game, your social media strategy? What does it look like? And I'll get people like, oh, I'm going to be posting three videos a week or three videos a day, some people, right, et cetera, et cetera. And then the fifth question I ask them is, if I could wave a magic wand right now, what would help get you from where you currently are to where you want to be, right? And this question is so powerful because they're going to use the exact word. So whatever they answer in number three is going to be so, um, if I could wave a magic wand right now, what would you need to get you from where you're currently at right now? And then you restate what they said they were currently doing to where you want to be. And then you restate their ideal result, right? And then from there, I called about 65 realtors or so, if I'm not mistaken, it's somewhere in the 60s, and I asked them all those five questions. Some people were a little quick instead of point. Some people were a little bit more long-winded. But I started getting market research. I started getting f- feedback, right? Real-time feedback from people that I wanted to serve. I wanted to help realtors with their content creation and their marketing. And so I went directly to the source. Right? I started asking them, you know, what are you struggling with? Right? Then I started going back through my webinars that I had. So during my webinars, I used to always have a question in the registration of like, what are you currently struggling with? Or what do you need the most help with? Or something along those lines. So I started going back through my Excel sheets or my Google sheets that had all the registrations. And I started going through the answers and just 
pretty much going through all the all the answers, all the answers, right? Then I started doing polls on Facebook and I'll go in Facebook groups, my Facebook group, other Facebook groups. And so here's one thing that I did was a little, little savvy, right? I would act like I need help with something. So for like some of the bigger poll, like the bigger groups that aren't mine, like in my own groups, I just ask, hey, I'm I'm planning on creating this. What do you guys need help with? Right. And people would answer. And I'd give them some options. People would answer. But for other groups, I didn't want to make it look like I was selling. So what I would do is I would make it look like I'm struggling and then create a poll. But it's all to just get the same feedback to see where other people are struggling with as well. Right. And I was getting all this feedback. And then I was emailing people to take surveys. So I was calling people on the phone, right, to survey them pretty much and got to get a I feel for where they're currently struggling. I was sending out emails to my list to get more feedback. And then I was doing a bunch of polls to get even more feedback. So all that I was doing, and on top of that, the people who are already in the course, I was meeting with them every week to figure out what it is that they want, what it is that they're struggling with. Why? All of that was to get market feedback. It was me conducting market research, secondly. like that, that was me getting feedback from the people I wanted to help most. Because the first time around, I created something I thought was amazing. Now, if the people don't want it, no matter how valuable the information is, it's not going to land. And so for me, it was about creating something that's valuable and relevant to what they actually want. And realtors, as I said, they weren't looking, at least the ones I talked to, none of them were looking to hop on podcasts. None of them cared about hopping on podcasts at all. They just wanted to create content. And so for me, I was like, all right, boom. So I ended up, as I said, I took out two thirds of what the course originally was, and I just only left the content creation portion, right? And then from there... I've reorganized some things, changed some lessons, took out some lessons, added a few more lessons and added a whole bunch more bonuses. So before it was just like weekly video lessons that I had. That's all that I was doing for the course because the course wasn't created. So I would teach live and then turn it into modules. And then from there, after doing all the market research and after going to Kajabi. So I went to, I, I got to talk about that as well. So after getting all these ideas, I started incorporating them into into my course. And so for me, uh, what I was going to do is I read this book called called Launch. And Launch is by Jeff Walker. And it talks about the product launch formula. And he goes over his strategy of how to launch anything. And so the game plan for this time around, now we had the, the date set for June 12th, 14th, and the 16th. And June 19th was day four. There's going to be a four-part workshop that was going to follow the PLF strategy. So day one, two, and three, I was going to teach. Right. And then I would open it up for Q&A. Right. So I would teach for an hour, open it up for Q&A. And then day four, we're going to be the day that I pitched. And I was going to teach it all on day four. I was going to do a quick recap of everything and then pitch the course and boom. Right. So from there, I was reading the book and I had the, the overall strategy pretty much already put together. And I also had a, a solid people, a solid list. And I started marketing this pretty early on. I ended up getting about 350 people registered for that event. But before that, I want to talk about going to the Kajabi conference because I had a scholarship um, and I used the money to pay for the Kajabi conference. I was like, you know what? I host on Kajabi. There are going to be tons of other course creators there to give me more and more ideas. Let me see what I can learn and go there. I bought myself a VIP ticket and I learned a ton, made a ton of good connections. Some of which, at least, I'm not mistaken, I haven't really been in touch with any of them. So in terms of good connections, I said I made a good connection. I just failed to follow up with them. But I seen one of the guys that I know, Wade. He's someone that I interviewed on, his pod, on the podcast before. And he gave me a ton of good ideas. And while I was there, one of my the biggest ideas I got was 
the deadline follow-up uh, emails. And I didn't know what that was, but it's just pretty much like an email sequence that gets people to register post-event. And so I didn't have that in place, right? So I had the PLS formula, right? But I didn't have anything afterwards to really push people to register. If people didn't register on that workshop, that would have been it. But after that, I created a whole email sequence to get me to uh, to get people to register afterwards. And so now originally, as I said, the course was just live weekly lessons. Then it turned into an actual course that was put together. I had a, a syllabus for it or a workbook for it. I had the audio version of each lesson already in there. Each lesson has a description with some action steps to follow. I created a Facebook group for the people in the course. I created a, I redid the onboarding emails. And on top of that, I was still showing up weekly. So I was adding so much more in terms of what I offered to the course, so much more. And so what I ended up doing was, as I said, June 12th was the original date. I hopped on early birds one of the days leading up to it. And early birds is a real estate call that I always hop on every once in a blue. And from there, I got as many people as I can to register. So 350 people registered. Day one, I talked about how to use what I call the Godfather prompt on ChatGPT, right? So I taught for like the first 30, 45 minutes. And then from there, I stopped screen sharing. And then I took someone from the crowd and had me go through it with them live so they could see me using it live. Then day two, right? Similar concept. I taught, I recapped day one, you know, asked people if they used it. And then from there, got into teaching for day two. Day two, I talked about how to create content calendars, right? With ChatGPT and then turn that into a calendar-like format. And then I took someone and I created a month's worth of content ideas for them live on the call. And then I had the one hour Q&A. After day two, people were like, John, like, what's your Venmo? What's your cash app? What's your Zelle? Like, drop it in the chat because like, this is too valuable for you to be teaching you for free. And that's the good, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you why that's good in a little bit, but just know that's a really good sign. And then from there, day three, I talked about how to use ChatGPT in Canva to actually create content ideas. And from there, I, same thing. I went through it live with somebody and had them do that. And then I opened up to an hour Q&A where I just went even deeper on different AI tools that I use and how to use them. And then day four, I did the pitch and I pretty much followed the perfect webinar formula in terms of structuring the content and the flow of it. But the framework I followed was the PLF formula. So I took what I learned and what I mentioned in the last, last episode of the expert secrets and then I had the PLF and I just combined those two together to get what I did. And now I mentioned earlier, as I said, they were asking me to pay me. Now, with the law of reciprocity, right? If so, you give someone something of value, people are going to feel indebted to you and they're going to want to give you something back. And there's a quote that Gary Vee says, a jab, 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 hook, right? So give, 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 ask. And, but Alex Ramosi talks about pretty much give, 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 and keep on giving until people ask you. Like give away so much stuff, like that your free stuff is worth more than other people's paid stuff, right? That's how much you got to give because the larger the runway, the larger the plane that could take off. And for me, I knew I was going to launch my course at $1,000, right? So I was like, man, this is a big course, a big, a big ask. So I got to make sure I provide a ton of value, as much value as possible. And so for the workshop, that's why I went all out on planning it, on, you know, doing all this market research, doing all this surveying. So I knew exactly what to teach on, exactly what to present on, and make this the best workshop anyone has ever been to ever. And so from there, 
Right. From there, pretty much, I taught day one, two, and three. Day four, I pitched. Then a course is a thousand bucks. I got one person to enroll the day of the course. I sent out an email saying, Hey, does anyone want to register pretty much before it gets too busy later on? Um, and one person actually bought off that email. Then from there, I got to, let's see, at 11 that day, 11 a.m. Eastern time, I actually went on and pitched. And then I got 20 people to buy right there on the webinar. We had 65 people on the call and 20 people bought right there on the call. And then from there, we had the deadline email sequences. So the email sequences that were following up and I ended up getting, it was supposed to be closed on Friday. I think I got like 11 people that, um, 11 other people that bought from Monday, between like Monday and Friday. And then I was going to close it off. But then one of my mentors, Jason, was like, send out another email and say that it's closing on Sunday. So I sent out another email Saturday morning saying, hey, we're actually going to push the deadline back to Sunday. And then I got two more people to enroll there. So I ended up being 33 people that I enrolled, $1,000 course. Another thing that I did to make it even more affordable is it was one time payment at 997 or three payments for 347 or six payment for 197 to make it like a no-brainer for anyone, no matter where their affordability is right now or where their budget is right now. I wanted people to enroll. Let's take a quick break. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. If you didn't know, part of my mission statement comes from Plato's quote, the duty of the enlightened is to enlighten the unenlightened. And so since you guys are getting enlightened with all the gems we're dropping on this podcast, it is now your duty to share this with a friend so that then they can become enlightened and continue on their walk to wealth. So make sure to stop what you're doing right now, share this with a friend so we can continue being amazing humans and helping others in their walks to wealth. I also ended up getting a, one thing I did differently is the first time around, I only had a checkout page, right? The second time around, I had a guy on Fiverr create a sales letter for me. I mean, a sales page for me. So there's this lady named Alex Capazzi or Capoli. She's a copywriter on IG. She has a really, really big following. And I started watching her videos on YouTube on copywriting. So she talks about something called the six wheels of, per- of persuasion. And I forget what there is. It's like pain, pain, problem, something, something, pivot, prescription. I forget what it is. And long story short, I was watching her videos on YouTube and I ended up paying $100 for a course. And in that course, it teaches you how to write a killer sales page. So I went through that course and wrote out a killer sales page, right? I wrote it out on a Google Doc. And then from there, I hired someone on Fiverr to bring it to life. So I just paid for this course. Then I paid another, I think I paid 400 bucks for the guy on Fiverr to create the sales page from it. And then boom. So now I have a cool sales page and I have some actual, you know, pretty well-written copywriting. There's something called the Hemway Editor, Hemingway Editor, if I'm not mistaken, Hemingway App Editor. And it's a tool that helps you pretty much grade your writing. And so I made a bunch of tweaks and edits to it and I made sure my reading level was underneath fifth grade. I think I got close to third grade, if I'm not mistaken. When you're writing copy or writing sales, anything sales writing or sales copy or anything like that, you want to have it underneath a fifth grade reading level. I heard third grade is best. Some people say fifth grade or sixth grade. Long story short, people shouldn't have to think to read. They should just be able to read it. You don't have to use fancy words or fancy jargon. It's like make it as easy to read as possible because a confused buyer doesn't buy. 
So I made it really simple to eat, to read and went through it. And then from there, as I said, pitched the course, ended up going really well. And I ended up getting, I think that day, like that week, I made like 22,000 net cash collected, right? After the webinar, I made pretty much 20 flat. And then the rest of the people bought throughout the week with the payment plans. And so and that's pretty much how I made 20,000 in an hour. It was a lot of work, a lot of market research, as I said, a lot of polls and surveying, really figuring out what people want was the, the big key to doing it, right? Don't create something that you think is amazing. Create something that people want and then make that amazingly. And boom, people will buy it. And then teach and give away free value. Right? That was the next big thing. Is like I just gave away so much value for free. People feel indebted to me, right? People felt so indebted to me because it was just like each day I was showing up and just boom, boom, boom for delivering more and more value, even more than the day before, like the, you know, the workshop day one before. Another thing I was doing was I was reaching out to Jason. I saw on my mastermind call, I was talking to Jason every Friday, telling him about, you know, how it was going, what I was planning going together. So I had to help putting together the workshop and I got some good ideas from him. They're going to that Kajabi conference gave me a ton of good ideas to make the course even more valuable. And what really separated me from a lot of people, just to put it into action. I put it into play. All that stuff that I learned, whatever I found relevant, I, you know, added on, whatever was sound like a good idea. I saved it for another time. But as I said, I already had the game plan put together. I went and got some ideas and feedback from other people, tweaked it up a little bit, made it a lot more professional and a lot better. As I said, the sales page and the checkout page made it a lot better. And then from there, boom, pitched the course and no one felt slimy about it. Like people felt good that I sold them because I had the solution to the problem they're looking to have solved, right? And now it's just a matter of fact of how can I get more people in the course and eventually get to six figures, right? That's the next goal. So uh, all in all, that's how I made 20,000 an hour. As I said, I'm no expert on launches or course creation, but man, it was a journey to get that to happen. And I'm so glad that it did because it allowed me to quit my restaurant job so literally the day of the launch june 19th and as i said i got 21 people to enroll that day in the course so i'm making i just made more money in that day than i made in the last like year and a half right and so for me i was like hey (laughs) i guess it's time now it's like if it's not now then when and so i ended up going over to the restaurant and as pretty much it was a bittersweet drive i thought it was going to be easy because I've been wanting to leave the restaurant for like 18 months and not because the restaurant sucked but I just wanted to be an entrepreneur I wanted to work for me I wanted to get my business going and it just didn't turn out that way and now that the course finally launched it was like oh damn I could actually leave right now and not have to go back and have a good enough cushion to where I'm I'll be good for a while and so for me I was just like you know what screw it like let me just let me just figure this out and run with it now and I told my manager Eric at the time he was like I was just like yeah you know this entrepreneurship thing starting to finally kick off and it's I think it's my time and he kind of had a feeling and it was all a matter of timing like people knew I was eventually going to quit not because I was not showing up to work or doing anything bad but I will tell them like I have businesses and the goal is to get them going right the goal of business is not to just have a side job you know a little side hustle forever is like to really grow this and have it flourish and be its own thing and then I told my other manager uh Steve and my manager Will and I told everyone they all took it really well they had a feeling that um it was eventually going to come to that point one day it was just a matter of time 
And I'm glad I really left on good terms. As I said, I'm still on really good terms with everyone. The day I'm recording this, it's I hosted uh, another networking party two days before the day I'm recording this. And so it's one of those things where now I'm hosting events at Sign of the Whale. And it's always well received, especially after this last one. This last event was freaking fire. And so definitely everyone welcomes me back with open arms. There's never any weird stuff or any issues with anyone or any time, any time that I'm there. And I'd say for anyone that has a job, even if they want to quit, never burn bridges you don't have to burn. And for me, as I said, there's other coworkers. Like there's one coworker. He just stopped showing up for his shift. He left mid-shift and then didn't show up for the rest of the shift that he was on schedules for and he just quit, right? Like that's awkward. He could probably never come back without it being extremely awkward because he just left him out to dry. For me, I didn't have any shifts scheduled. I, I was, that was my last shift and I already called off that week. And so he was like, you know what, you know, if you don't want, like, if, if you don't want to, you don't have to come back on a schedule. Um, we'll, we'll just, cause I haven't made next week's schedule. We'll just schedule it without you. And I was like, okay. And so the day I ended up putting my two weeks was the last day I ever stepped there. No, that, that, that Friday, that week was the last time I ever worked. And that was pretty much it. They didn't put me on the schedule that Sunday for whatever reason. And Saturday, I think I requested off. After that, I didn't work. And now it's in a position, put me in a position where, as I said, I'm a full-time entrepreneur now. I don't work for anyone but myself. And I also hired a video editor from the Philippines. And that's a story for another day. But this launch really made me, put me in a decent position to really start running this up. And I have so much that I want to accomplish for this upcoming year. So we'll see how it all goes. But to bring it all together, that's how I made 20000 an hour. Now, my next solo series is going to be on how I, how a billionaire stole my shoe and I got paid $10,000. So I will see you in the next one. You've now finished taking the first step. Now let us help you take the next one. Subscribe to our newsletter at walktowealth.com. That's walk, the number two, wealth.com. So we can keep you moving on your journey. We'll see you on the next episode of Walk to Wealth with John Mendez.